When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to do me one better, then you could subscribe so that you could hear all of the paid episodes and contribute to my ongoing motivation to create this. <laughs> We're at about 130 episodes now, and um, about 30 of them are paid. So that gives you a little... Remember, I'm not so good at math. It gives you like a third more or something if you subscribe. But anyhow, today we're going to be talking about something that somebody in my secret Facebook group brought up. They were asking, what do you value in a relationship as a thread? And you should join that group also if you like talking to uh, people who like talking about, you know, relationships, parenting, etc. It's a nice group. Don't join if you want to be a troll or anything. Just join if you're a nice person with good intentions. <laughs> Um, so in, in, and what I said, by the way, so that's what sparked this is on this thread, somebody asked what's the most important thing to you or one of the most important things to you in a relationship or something. And I said, shared sense of humor. And some people agreed with that. And so today I want to talk about why, because, you know, most people, they don't really think about this as the big deal that it can be. Because when you're going through the day with somebody, if you can't find anything to laugh about, your, your, your existence starts to feel kind of joyless and shitty. And that's not the life that anybody wants to lead. But yet, many people then don't attribute that to the lack of a shared sense of humor, particularly if you have the same values or similar values and if the person is smart. Because if they're smart, then they can certainly understand your jokes and you can understand theirs. But if they're not the same, you know, sorts of, uh, if it isn't the same sense of humor, it can overall make you feel kind of lonely as you go through your life together. So what is the evolutionary reason that so many women write that they want a funny guy in their Tinder profiles or whatever? Um, because funny is the kind of smart that helps with survival. So you can really think on your feet. And so in the caveman days, then uh, a sense of humor, I mean, I'm sure they weren't that funny, the cavemen. I mean, that's not in the way we think about it now, but I'm sure maybe they were funny to each other. Um, I mean, whatever. I can't really picture it. But that would be an interesting thing to know if anybody knew what they joked around like, what that looked like. But Anyhow, um, if you have a partner as a woman, women are looking for men who can help them and their future offspring survive. So that's the evolutionary view, which I concur with from it, which has been uh, amplified by everything that I've seen working with couples in private practice over the years, is that women want a man who can help them survive in many ways. And this uh, does not appeal to many men who just want the woman to want their hot 
body, but I mean, listen, this is life. So, so that, that's what women like. They like your hot body too. Some of them, some of them really do just want a guy who is smart and funny and successful and ambitious because it makes them feel secure. And that is the evolutionary view. And I don't think that that's weird or bad in any way or abnormal. And so, and that doesn't mean that they don't love you for you or also like your sexy body. It just means that different things usually appeal to men and women in the dating marketplace. So, um, women want a man who is funny frequently. And they say this, there's studies that show that, uh, women ask for this more than men ask for it. So men don't usually say, I want a woman who's hot and funny. You know, uh, they don't, even though they may like it, like it's like a nice to have, you know, it's not a need to have, but the way that women write it, as soon as they think of the things that they want, many women put in funny. And so this is because that sort of intelligence that can lead to a quick wit, uh, is the sort that allows somebody to move quickly and make quick decisions in an environment where they have to survive and, um, you know, hunt, gather, evade predators, etc. So that's the evolutionary basis for it. And many women find this to be super attractive, such that guys who otherwise would not be thought of as conventionally handsome end up getting, you know, hot women. Like I was talking to my uh, daughter about this and um, she's obviously a tween. Tweens love just classically hot movie stars or whatever. So I was telling her about this and she's like, yeah, like Danny DeVito, like, you know, like I could see somebody marrying Danny DeVito just because you'd be laughing all the time. (laughs) And she watched, I forget what movie we watched him in, but she knows him. And um, so that obviously is very representative of how many women think. You know, if you're laughing with somebody all the time, then that would be a life that is more joyful and that provides you with more emotional uh, respite from the world. Because when you're laughing, you can't be upset and you can't be sad and you can't be sorrowful most of the time. And it can jog you out of a bad mood. And also you respect somebody who can make you laugh, especially if you're like a tough audience and you don't find everything funny. You know, there's those people that laugh at everything. (laughs) I'm not one of those people. If my kids tell me a joke, it don't make sense. I like cannot fake it. Like it's, it's probably traumatizing them, but it's very hard for me to fake it. But if they say something actually funny, then I'll laugh. But a lot of people do not really understand until they're in it, what it's like to be married or to be in a long-term relationship with somebody that doesn't share your sense of humor. And maybe your sense of humor is more silly or more quirky or more slapstick or whatever, but you know it when you see it, you know, and you know what you think of as funny. And so when you find somebody that shares your sense of humor, it can feel like you're coming home. Now, remember Imago theory, which I've discussed ad nauseum on my blog, but possibly less so here, but the TLDR on that, is that imago theory is the basis of couples counseling, really, or at least insight-oriented couples counseling, because it um, discusses, and you could read the book Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks, which discusses imago theory. But um, it talks about how people are subconsciously drawn to partners who are like their caregivers, for better or worse, so their parents. And uh, you feel like you're at home when you meet somebody who reminds you of your caregivers. And, of course, uh, what happens over time is that you end up 
focusing more after the honeymoon stage on your partner's bad sides, which were the ones that aren't as appealing to you, which remind you of what your parent, uh, those parts of your parent's personality as well. And the fantasy is to change your partner in ways that you could never change your parent. And when this happens, even a little bit, so for example, you have an emotionally avoidant partner because you had an emotionally avoidant parent. But if you could change your emotionally avoidant partner into somebody who gives you more attention, then you can often feel very reparented and validated and uh, happy. But if you can't, then you're just setting yourself up to fail again and being triggered in the same ways that you were triggered as a kid. But a big um, thing that is discussed in this is, is this partner your imago, meaning this person that is going to subconsciously uh, create all of these associations in your mind? And one of the ways that you could tell is, do you feel like you are at home with your partner because if you feel like you're at home with your partner then they probably do remind you of your caregiver and you are probably going to have this in love feeling so when somebody has a similar shared sense of humor as you this probably reminds you of one of your caregivers if you think about it deeply and also it reminds you of home in a general sense and that will make you happier so if you have a partner with a shared sense of humor, it's probable, you could think about it now, who do they remind you of? They probably remind you of one of your parents or a sibling, um, somebody from your upbringing that made you laugh in the same way because that's how people develop a sense of humor is in their family of origin. And um, it's interesting because a lot of times I have couples where one of them is like a darker sense of humor and it's usually the one who had more um, turmoil in their upbringing. Like they had to develop a dark sense of humor and um, the other one may think it's kind of funny but doesn't really get it on a visceral level if they had a less dysfunctional upbringing. But most people that have a shared sense of humor have some similarities in their upbringing because this is what leads you to to feel like this, you know? So if you like comedians who are always talking about like kind of how shit their life always was, then it's probable that you identify with them because you had some dysfunctionalities in your family growing up too. And so if you're with somebody who, who had a more peaceful life, then they may have a very different sense of humor. So you may respect them in many different ways, but you don't click on that variable. And this variable is particularly important for highly sensitive people who, of course, uh, overthink everything and feel every click and every bit of chemistry a thousand times more than everybody else because they feel everything a thousand times more than everybody else. So if you're a highly sensitive person with a partner whose sense of humor is discordant with yours, particularly as I've discussed, if you're a woman, um, because it's more important to women evolutionarily, as I discussed, um, then you may feel always kind of a little lack in this regard, a little deficit if you can't really joke around with your spouse in a way that makes you feel closer. And it's sad because if if this is the case that you have different sense of humors, then over time, if this kind of bothers you on a subconscious level, you'll start to joke around less and less because when you do joke around, it reminds you that you don't click in this way. And so you don't like those reminders, so you stick to top where there isn't as much joking around because then you don't have to be exposed to the um, obviousness of the 
discord, you know, and the like the hesitation before they laugh or or whatever the case may be, or the fact that like they don't think something you said is funny, they thought it was serious and they didn't understand it was a joke or whatever. And again, this has no bearing on intelligence level. You know, it's it's a different sort of variable and it is related to but um, distinct from intelligence. There are certain kinds of intelligence, like a more verbal quick-wittedness that has to do with having a different sort of sense of humor. But even within funny people, like if there's a subset, or, you know, like all, all comedians, let's say, there are people who appeal to some people and not to others, even though they're all literally making a living on making people laugh. So if you are single, which some of my listeners are single, particularly if you're a woman, then you should be looking for somebody who can make you laugh. And if you're a man, you know, then look for somebody that you make laugh and like allow yourself the the um, open-mindedness to try to look at that really practically. If you, you know, if you are uh, somebody who tends to try to be optimistic and like um, not focus on the negative, just try to be like actually realistic and say, does it seem like the woman I'm dating gets my jokes or doesn't she? I mean, I know she laughs. I know she acts happy. I know she says, you're funny. Remember the Seinfeld where like um, the woman would only say, you're so funny, but she didn't laugh. Like if it's like that, then probably she doesn't think you're that funny or she intellectually knows that you're making jokes, but it doesn't resonate with her. And so this may be something Somebody that over time really doesn't like your jokes anymore because she honestly never did. And when she's out of the honeymoon stage, she's going to roll her eyes even more. And you're going to realize all along that you guys never clicked in this sort of a way. So it is it is an easier sort of thing when you have somebody with a shared sense of humor, especially if they are a highly sensitive person and they really like talking and all of this, but you can't seem to ever make them laugh. That's not really a good sign, you know, because then you'll be together and then three years in you'll be at a party and some other guy will be really making them laugh in a way that you never made them laugh and you're gonna feel kind of (laughs) bad and you're gonna understand there were untapped humor uh potentials in this person that you never tapped into is this the end of the world does this mean divorce no certainly not but if this podcast is designed to uh validate and explicate a phenomenon that people may have kept in the back of their mind and not and felt like they're weird or like this is a trivial thing or really not even tried to think about it at all but it is a a thing that does make people feel lonely is when they do not have this shared sense of humor with a spouse especially for women as I've said so if this is your situation you can't change anybody's sense of humor but what you can do also is notice if you are subconsciously not joking around with this person because you really don't like that they don't like automatically get it well anything you're exposed to more you start to understand more so you should probably do the opposite and joke around more with this person with your spouse so that they can understand more and get more um, data points about what it is that you're making jokes about just like how you are subconsciously unintentionally but 
certainly are training your kids to have a similar sense of humor as you by making jokes in your style because you have no other style, you know, but you are kind of training them what we think of as funny in this family. This is funny or that is funny and this is not funny or that is not funny. And so it's the same sort of thing that you can do with a partner, although as anything, as I've talked about in the podcast, no, in the post about can your non-highly sensitive partner change and grow in counseling and how much, I've said they can't really, they can't change into a highly sensitive person, but they can get better at knowing what is important to you. So it's really the same sort of thing is that if this is an important thing to you, um, and it limits the way that you can connect, then you should in fact try be trying to practice more, not less. And also notice if your relationship does not have a lot of laughter in it, uh, that is going to to be depressing over time, you know, and maybe it isn't just a different sense of humor. Maybe one or both of you is struggling with depression because depression also leads to not laughing. And people will say when they go on antidepressants, I laughed for the first time in however long and I didn't even realize that I wasn't laughing before. So that's just a PSA about a way to tell if things are not really going well in your life or you're struggling with things as you stop laughing. And this can be a symptom of depression depression as well. So that's just kind of a different um, little thing to consider, not so little, a different thing to consider when you're thinking about whether you do have similar sense of humor. Think back, did you used to and now you just don't think you do anymore because then that's probably a you problem, you know, or a your partner problem individually such that one or both of you is depressed and not even making jokes anymore. And this is uh, a better (laughs) situation in a sense. It's never good to be depressed as those of us who have had depression know, but that would indicate that the problem is not a compatibility issue, but rather that one or both of your moods are not such that you feel like joking around, which is a different sort of problem. All right. So uh, hopefully this was an interesting podcast for you guys. And uh, please do subscribe if you're getting value or uh, just if this podcast makes your day any more interesting. And I'll talk to everybody soon.